Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, it's been a long, well, not a long time, but you know, maybe a week. I haven't done a podcast in probably a week. I've had some other things I needed to do. Um, I have, well, not have, I was, um, I did attend <laughs> virtual NAM, believe in music. Uh, and we're going to talk about that a little bit and some other things, but, um, yeah, so, you know, NAM was last week. Um, today is, uh, Monday, the 25th of January and NAM was last week. It, you know, ended, uh, finished up on Friday and, uh, yeah, this was, uh, you know, NAM virtually speaking uh believe in music and um it was you know obviously this is something totally new and different for nam you know they're used to doing their sort of conference the convention in anaheim california you have like tens of thousands of people there you know just a boatload of vendors and everything else but this nam was slightly different and i'll tell you how it was different but now that nam is over you know they're also um let me see here the other thing that they are doing just because nam is over you know you still have the ability to log into your account and i'll explain that as well and you know still like have networking sessions and you know speak to brands and things like that until the end of uh, february so that's not bad as well at the beginning of NAM, you know, you had the ability to log into the account and set up one-on-one sessions with different vendors, different individuals with different brands. Uh, but that didn't work out too smoothly, you know, and, and that's largely due to not a lot of the brands that you would generally see at NAM were available or did not even attend. So an example is Newmark, Denon, Rain, Akai. <laughs> you know, a lot of these vendors were not there. I don't, I think, um, you know, you had Roland was there and also Allen and Heath and Play Differently, you know, which is sort of a partnership. You know, Allen and Heath makes the Play Differently mixer. So they were there. But other than that, in terms of uh, DJs, you know, DJ companies, that was it. DJ brands, that was it. Now you have some like DJ marketing companies and, you know, maybe some DJ, you know, lighting companies and things of that nature. But in terms of, you know, just pure DJ companies that sell like DJ equipment, turntables, controllers, um, CDJs, things like that. No. Now Pioneer was there. Um, They had a session where you know, Roger Sanchez did like a DJ set. They also had just a Q&A in terms of the uh, CDJ Nexus 3000 or 3000 Nexus, whatever you want to call it. And um, but other than that, <laughs> that, that was pretty much it. Now, you know, and, and like I was saying, you know, the sessions were a little different when you, you know, when you wanted to set up the sessions, the one on ones, you had to log into the system and then find you know, the vendor you were looking for and see if they had any available time to set up a one-on-one. Now, I did set up a few one-on-ones, you know, um, I'm not going to mention the company names, but I set up these one-on-ones and um, then all of a sudden they were like, well, hey, you know, we're busy, 
but the time was available. And then, you know, oh, here's another time I could do this. Okay, sure. Hey, we're busy. So it was back and forth. And it was just like, well, what's the point, right? I mean, this is NAM. You, you have one-on-ones, you know, when, when we attend the show physically, this seems a lot easier <laughs> because it's virtually, you know, speaking. You could just set up a time and, hey, you know, you're, you're talking to someone via video. Now, the video cast was done within the NAM Believe in Music sort of system. So it was very difficult to record because you really couldn't do that. And if you were able to do that, you, you know, had to sort of re- do a screen capture of what you were recording and, you know, hook up the video. I mean, you know, the audio and things like that. It just didn't work. And I'm not quite sure um, why that wasn't thought out, you know, a bit more. Again, you know, this is the first time NAM was virtual. Give him a little pass, but it was still really weird. You know, it was interesting that Rain wasn't there because the the previous week before NAM, Rain released the Rain One DJ controllers. These motorized platters. It looks real cool. Um, it's a fifteen hundred dollar device DJ controller. Not sure if that's a really great price in the middle of you know lockdown. People aren't really going anywhere. You know, folks aren't DJing. DJs aren't DJing. People aren't going to bars and clubs, you know, not in most states. I mean, you go down to like Atlanta and Florida, then, you know, that's a different story. You know, if you want to take that chance, you know, that's not my thing. So they, you know, released this Rain One DJ controller. Awesome looking DJ controller, too. I mean, I was thinking that, you know, even if I wasn't able to get a review unit, I would buy it anyway, you know. But then when I saw the price, I was like, I don't know, because I just actually bought the Pioneer XDJ XZ controller, DJ controller, which is a four channel DJ controller. You know, it's a hybrid between Recordbox and Serato. And that joint is pretty dope. But I was thinking, you know, maybe I'll get something a little smaller, something that looks a little cooler, you know, something that has motorized platters. And, you know, after the pandemic, you know, maybe I can, um, you know, take it out and, and do some gigs. But for $1,500, I don't know. But anyway, so you would think that Rain would be there because they just released this awesome DJ controller. But they were not there. No end music brands brand was at NAM. They no one was there. Like I said, Denon, Newmark, Akai, um, Elisa's, Rain. Forget about it. No one was there. So I'm just like, so what was this all about? You know, I think it had a lot to do with companies, brands. They still had to pay to be part of this, you know, virtual convention. And so companies who decided not to do this at all, they were saving, you know, half million dollars and up. So they're like, well, wait a minute. Am I going to pay $30,000, $50,000, $10,000, whatever it was, right? Am I going to pay this? just to be in a virtual space. I would say no, because I think when you look at a company like Apple that does, now they're doing their virtual developer conferences and that's just the gold standard, right? So think about it this way. So you see the Apple developer conferences, which are virtual now. And so what they're doing is they control every aspect of the product that they are delivering. Production is like awesome. Slick, 
that's again, that's sort of the gold standard. So if you're a company like N Music Brands and you release something like the Rain One or even a bunch of other, you know, things, you know, maybe all all encompassing within N Music Brands, you know, you have different new products coming out of Denon, Newmark, Rain, Akai. And let's say if you just created sort of like an Apple developer virtual you know sort of show and tell like that again the gold standard you control the entire aspect of the production so you get to promote it and and, you know put it out there any way you want to it could be slick you can have like cut-ins b-roll you know uh overhead drone shots i mean yeah so companies are probably thinking that way like hey you know what yeah we can go to these conferences or we can even go to these virtual conferences but why not control the entire aspect of who we are what we are and put the product out the final product out we want people to see and put it out there for free or you know put it up on like um apple tv plus or you know a streaming service or something like that or you could just put it up on um you know, YouTube or something like that, monetize or whatever, you know, try to get some money back from it. But still, I think companies are sort of thinking that way now. Like, hey, do we actually need to do these virtual conferences? Because I think, you know, again, Rain and Denon and all these other really cool DJ companies and, you know, production, you know, music production companies not showing up for them, believe in music virtual. I think the the writing was on a the wall there. Now, you know, if is, is there going to be a summer NAM, you know, from Nashville or virtually speaking? Who knows? I don't know. But yeah. So that was pretty interesting. So sort of grade would I give NAM? I mean, there were some disappointments for sure. You know, a lot of the a lot of the videos that the companies, the different brands were showing, some of them were not live. Most of them were not live. They were just like, you know, video that was shot previously. And that's what you saw. And then a day later or, you know, after NAM was over, it was up on YouTube. So a lot of this stuff, it was uh, it was kind of, you know, it was, a che- it was cheesy in a lot of ways because you would think that something like this is just like, well, let's do some live streaming, you know, let's speak to some people live. Let's show the product, you know, let's let's get in. Let's be engaging with our, you know user base or you know potential customers no a lot of this stuff was like on demand um or you know previously recorded just yeah i mean that experience was like not cool at all and then the other thing is you had a lot of pr and marketing companies reaching out to different sort of content creators you know this one company reached out to me was like hey you know i'm you know blah 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 from this company um would like to you know connect with you and you know just chat about our product and i'm like okay what type of product do you have and you know it's like well you know we do marketing and you know like uh seo and stuff like that i'm like and i'm not really interested in that i know how to do all that stuff right and then the other thing was you know when you logged into the website to set up the different or you know just book some of the different events you wanted to attend these events started at like 5 a.m 3 a.m finished you know at midnight 
And I think that was largely due to there were a lot of companies there from different parts of the world, right? So they had to sort of compensate for that, you know, so it's like, oh, this company is out in Spain. So, you know, obviously, you know, they're not going to be available at, you know, um, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So that was also kind of weird. But uh, a lot of foreign companies there with foreign names and, um, you know, where you can book something like really early morning, 3 a.m., 4 a.m., things like that. And then, you know, just the regular sort of, you know, 8 a.m., to like 5 or 9 p.m. You, you had like your sort of American time zone sort of things going on. Again, like I said, um, um, I would probably, again, it's, it's the first time they did this, right? So you have to give them a little sort of leeway. Like, okay, this is the first. But, you know, they could have, you know, they had time to think about this. You know, they had almost a year to think about this. Like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to re- create the experience that people are going to want to come back to if we have to throw another NAM virtually? And, you know, there were some some good marks and there were some really low marks. I wouldn't really say there were some super high marks. They were, they were just some good marks, you know, for trying and things like that. And then I think the low marks were, you know, vendors just not being engaged, you know, just like, throwing up video that was already pre-recorded you know no live sort of streams things like that some companies who did some live stuff um you know pioneer did a live stream and um but for the most part yeah, it was just like hey you know this is something we, we recorded we're gonna put it up at this time and that was pretty much it uh, and the other thing is a lot of times when with the video that was pre-recorded you had the ability to actually view it on youtube so that was kind of weird too. So I'm not quite sure what was that all about, but it was just a really different experience, you know. I would give it three stars. So there you have it. Now, in other news, just really quickly on this one, Native Instruments, the company that I love so much. That is a joke, obviously, because, you know, I'm not a Native Instruments fan, and I've said this before. Um, you know, company has... a uh, you can't front on them. They have great products. They have great devices. Devices built like a tank. They just have that. They do. Cannot front on that. They have great products. However, they really dropped the ball with Tractor. And, you know, again, me being a technology person, when you screw up when it comes to technology, I'm not dealing with you anymore. Because technology, in that sort of sense, you know, like a software is really easy to sort of get right. And if it's a really great product, customers are generally forgiving if you did something wrong. But they just totally dropped the ball and said, let's go to the music production side. So, you know, I'm not a huge fan of uh, Native Instruments. But Native Instruments um, has just created a partnership. This is what they're calling it, a partnership with Francisco Partners, but it's not a partnership. If you're giving up majority stake of your company, it's not a partnership. If you're giving up if you're giving up 51% of your company, it's not a partnership. You know, you are being acquired. Period. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see 
what happens to native instruments and um what does that mean i mean are they going to load it up with debt and then you know just dump it somewhere or you know like a lot of these companies do or you know i mean what what are they going to do i mean i kind of think that could they maybe spin off tractor and and do something else you know like hey you know we're going to sell tractor you could do that and then you know we'll like keep the sort of music production side um so we'll give you the tractor dj software all the hardware that goes with the the dj software and then we'll concentrate on you know all the um the music production stuff i don't know but you know uh dj keo he makes a very good point when he says that you know tractor they they just they don't want to create partnerships with the right companies like for instance they don't want to have partnerships with companies that create dj controllers so it's just like so you can only use tractor for the most part with their own proprietary devices so you can't use tractor with my zone db4 dj mixer or any of the dj controllers by pioneer or newmark or something like that you just can't and um yeah so it's just like well why aren't you doing that and they won't create partnerships with with uh streaming companies such as Tidal and b port link and b source link and you know everything else so it's just like, well, why do you exist if you, you don't want to create any partnerships, you know? So I don't know what's going to happen to this company, but, um, you know, I always knew that it was just something weird about this company. Why would you just drop the ball on your DJ software when most of the festival DJs, the big name DJs were using Tractor? They had the rig set up. They, you know, had, you know, people MIDI mapping it, you know, and just you know having it connect to different devices from different companies sometimes the midi mapping wasn't like really tight the integration wasn't tight so you know you have to work around it but yeah i don't know what's going to happen to native instruments but again we'll see but am i surprised that they sold majority stake in their company i'm not surprised we're just gonna have to see um, you know, maybe they'll get smart and say, hey, you know what? Let's start, you know, partnering up with some of these companies, Pioneer, Denon, Rain, Newmark, so that, you know, we can just get out there. But, you know, now it may be too late because, you know, Denon Prime Engine, you know, their software, I mean, their software is coming up and now you have to compete with Recordbox and Rain, which are just like, I mean, I'm sorry, Recordbox and Serato. And, you know, don't sleep on Virtual DJ either because, Right now, Virtual DJ is the number three DJ software, and it is a powerful software. And as soon as Denon can, like, really get Prime Engine correct, two or three more updates, it's a wrap. Tractor, you will be way back. You know, you'll be in a tape box, you know, old school. (laughs) Like, put that tape, like, in a box. Throw that in a box. You will be old school. So, I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll see. So anyway, there you have it. Just a little short one today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to leave a comment if you listen to it on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. Till next time, peace.